Salutations and shit, guys. This is D. Carrie, your host of Travel and Shit, your new favorite travel podcast, where myself and the occasional guest discuss our experiences. I'm just doing extra smooth because I'm out of town right now. Yo, a nigga's back. Um, talk about travel and shit, experiences that happen abroad, yada, 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 and a little bit of the how-to as well. I am actually in somebody else's studio. So I put the uh, headphones on. I never really wear the headphones because it weirds me out to hear my own voice. But I feel like this might help me concentrate (laughs) a little bit more. more. So I am here and I'll explain what the here is in a moment. But I am here because my little cousin with her entrepreneurizing, oh, Jesus. (laughs) No, no. Enterprising. Enterprising. That's all I wanted to say. All I wanted to fucking say was enterprising. But yes, um, a little baby. She hooked the kid up. Um, so uh, go ahead and explain. But first of all, this my little cousin is Shanti. Hi. <laughs> She's the baby. No, is, are you younger or is Cerise younger? I'm the baby. This is the baby of the group. <laughs> oh, of my the baby of my um, country ass cousins. All the rest of my cousins is up north, but these. <laughs> This certain sect of niggas is the country, the country ones. So <laughs> Shanti's the baby of the group who's no longer a baby. And um, she has her own business. And through that, she has been able to bless her big cousin with uh, studio time. And um, thankful to her and some nigga she bring along with her. You know, I can't. I mean, even if he is a good nigga, I don't know. I'm the big cousin. So, you know, you got to do the big cousin. Don't fuck up and all that other kind of shit. Woo, woo, woo. Right. So I don't know what the fuck I was calling him in the car. Apparently, the young man's name is Odell. Good morning to you. And thank you. Because between the two of them, we figured out how to work um, the software and all the equipment in this studio. So shout out to these uh, millennials because, you know, the technologies, you know. Nigga's a little older now, so it would take a little longer for things to make sense. So, long intro aside, Shanti, tell the people what it is you do and how you were able to get this beautiful space for me. Well, I am a nurse, and I own and design my own scrub line called Scrub by Shanti Jaha. And I'm a part of this entrepreneurship group where a guy by the name of Herman J. Russell, he owns more land in the city of Atlanta than any other black person or family and after his passing his family wanted a way to kind of reach back out to the community and grab the entrepreneurs in the community and give them opportunity and a space to grow so um this is actually one of the first buildings he purchased and they have completely renovated it into our own space and they have cool things in here like a podcasting room that it's at use at our convenience so that's why we're here today and so who is this space like designed to host? Like, do you have to be a black owned business to be in here or is it for any? You do. So it's about, um, you have to be a member. Mm -hmm. You have to have be a black business owner to be a member. Um, this is the first 100 class is the first time they're doing this. I'm a part of the first 100. So we're doing things differently probably than the rest of the classes will do because they're trying to see, you know. The test group. Yeah, Yeah, we're the test group. But we have so many things here available that I I don't have to outsource for anything. Like if I book the photo studio, it's somebody in 100 who's a photographer. If Mm -hmm. I book 
the guy who does the podcasting, he's in the 100. Mm-hmm. Um, the meeting rooms, the boardrooms, his office is downstairs, his kitchen's downstairs, it's showers downstairs. It's made for you to come in here and lock yourself in, get your work done for your business, and go home. And where is this? This is downtown Atlanta. We are off um, Northside Drive, the infamous Northside Drive. Um, the Dome is also off Northside Drive, the AUC. What's that? The um, College Center, oh. Spelman, Clark. Oh. <clears throat> All of them are off Northside Drive. Northside Drive is pretty black-ass street. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Dome is the whitest thing on Northside Drive. Got it. That's like maybe 10 minutes from here. Not even 10 minutes. like a five-minute drive from here. The Dome? The Dome? No, the Dome is like a three-minute walk. Oh, right. See? Mm-hmm. Okay, even closer. If we look out the window, you'll see the Dome. Yeah, so it's right here in um, the middle of it. It's in the it's in the shits. So yesterday, I this is sadly a really quick trip. I have like a bunch of other shit, and of course, people I would have loved to see while I was out here. But um, I came out to celebrate a birthday for a friend of mine, and um, it's been a really laid back kind of visit. Did didn't do anything too exciting. We were gonna go to the strip club last night, but then we realized that it's the BET Hip Hop oh. Awards weekend, so we was like, nah, because neither one of us does the crowds and the money that will be spent. Right. So then you're not gonna get any attention. Yeah, you know what I mean? So it's just like, what's the point in going in? Because I ain't gonna spend more than a hundred dollars. You know what I mean? Down here in the south now. I hear that. That's you generally you go kitchens. for. Um, who got the best kitchen? Got the best strip club kitchen. Magic is good. Probably um, Blue Flame. Blue Flame. Where did um it? Uh, Platinum Plates came out of what? I mean, South Carolina. Yeah, but it came out of what strip club? Diamonds. I believe it came out of Diamonds. So the kitchens here mm-hmm. are like a big thing. Like, if you are a cook and that's what you do, you know how you would go to the mall and get like a try to get a, a booking at the mall or something no, oh like a um like a like a little kiosk a or a little yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. down here what you want to do you want to get in the strip club okay like, kitchens come out of the strip club and they're bomb it's a place called i could be wrong but it's a place right up the street from here called kale's kitchen and i want to say kale's they have a second location in somebody's strip club but like the kitchens here are a thing uh-huh. You go to the club, get oxtails, greens, Ooh, macaroni. at the strip club. At the strip club. All right now, shake a little to the left. <laughs> yeah. Not over this plate. <laughs> yeah, not over this plate. That's, that's what it is down here. The kitchens are everything. So what else is Atlanta like known for? Because I know as a New Yorker, right, this is one of those places where black people tend to go to like fix their lives all of a sudden. It's just like mm-hmm. some shit go wrong up north. All right, move down yeah. south, start over, start <laughs> fresh. You know, what? it just seems to be what black people do. But you've always lived in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. so I've watched it change. To be quite honest, I think the south has always been a place where people come to restart mm-hmm. just because it's a little slower. Right. But um, times are changing. So Atlanta right now, is a black Hollywood. Yeah, because I know um, there's this, this Tyler Perry put the studio. Is that the only studio no. that's out here? I'm certain there are other ones. He I, can't be. Was yeah, he the first or? First black. Well, of course that. So that's but the there most was. important. That's the one where we could thrive. That's the one where we're allowed. That's the one where we will be paid what we are worth. Mm-hmm. So that's the one that matters to us. But Atlanta is literally becoming a Hollywood. And people are coming down here to fix their life because people think being famous Mm. It's a life fixer, and Instagram now is famous. So you, and that's what people do. 
But um, me and my mom actually ran out of our house for movies. Oh, and, wow. Yes. Yeah, so I didn't like, know you do that. Makes yeah, sense. So um, we had 10 years ago, five years ago, seven years ago, that was not an right. option. Like that wasn't a thing. Never even knew anybody that did that. Um, but we actually do that now. Our cousin, she's an actor. Her name is Kimberly Grant. Hey, boo. And um, she booked it for the first time, and she came to my mom, and she's like, Aunt Lang, like, you don't know what you have here. Like, you really can book it out. And so that's what we that's what we do now. Um, the child, it pays for the house. I hear that hot <laughs> shit. <laughs> but that's what Atlanta, but Atlanta is a, um, I think that every 20 years, this country gets a new black city. Okay. That, that pops. Um, I remember when I was younger, like Chocolate City. When she was younger. Yeah, like D.C. was like, D.C. is still that that city, but D.C. was a place where right. like, black people were just going to. Um, Atlanta's it now. Um, I think in 20 years, Charlotte will be another one. Okay. Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, nobody's going to go too far down South Florida just because um, hurricanes. Tornadoes, storms, that's a mm. lot to have to be able to pack up. But I think it's just a creative space for black people in, like, all kinds of ways, whether you are. <clears throat> Atlanta now, the creativity level is reminding me of, like, Harlem in the Roaring Twenties. Mm-hmm. Like, because you got writers, film writers, um, all the same things that were there, music, art, Poetry, writing, all the same things that were roaring in the twenties are still roaring down here. Like I'll give you that. And I think that's just what it is. The same reason why people flocked to Harlem. People was leaving the South back then, like, my life is broken and I, mm-hmm. I got a dream and I wanna fix I wanna live my dream and people were flocking to Harlem. In the Great Gro- Migration. <laughs> yeah, like the an great, actual name. <laughs> yeah, see, and, and grows and that's what's happening here now. Everybody's trying to put their hands in Atlanta and get some money any kind of way, in a creative way. I wouldn't move. To, I don't think I could move to Atlanta. No. <laughs> I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could leave. See, I thought, I remember I spent like, um, I was probably around your age. Mm-hmm. And I think I was in D.C. for like a weekend. And I was like, yo, I could do this. I could do this. And I thought, now mind you, again, this was like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And... um it was one of those things I was like, oh, I, I could live out here. This is great. Whenever I come here, I, I never feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. And I've been here quite a few times. Is it because Georgia scarred you and we were younger going to family reunions? Oh, I wouldn't say. Country? I wouldn't say scarred me. It just feel, even like in y'all city, it just doesn't feel like, something don't feel like a city. That's like everything closes at what, like two? Right? Yeah, Atlanta changed changed. when I was young. Stuff used to close at 5 o'clock in the morning. Like, I remember Freaknik. I remember my daddy taking me to Freaknik in a stroller. I remember having, like, 30 gold bangles on my, like, one, two-year-old arm. Like, I remember Freaknik. But that's how I feel when I go to New York. Nothing about it feels homey. Everybody is mean. First of all, nigga, we not. Yes, y'all are. I, first of all, one thing I do like in New York, I like how slow y'all walk across the street. Like, down here in the South, it's skedaddle. Get across the street <laughs> because somebody will hit your ass. But in New York, oh, no. y'all taking y'all time, you know, because it's a, it's, a, it's a walker's place. I do like New York is more of a convenient city. 
Like everything is there. Anything here, you need is gonna be there. It's not like you are at um, a loss for anything. Down here, seeing a mom and a baby at a bus stop. Yes, some, doesn't happen. No. Yeah, it does happen, but okay. it, when you drive by, you you kind of like, dang, I hope they get where they're going safely. Like it's a it's a, pr- a small prayer or a small like energy. In New York, it's common. Like yeah, they're just going. She just yeah, but down here it's not like that. Like. Mother baby, how many mother babies you see on the bus? Too many. Too many, yeah, and all of them you're real concerned. Why, though? Like, just public transportation isn't what it is up there down here, but we're trying to make it mm-hmm. that because we're having a really bad traffic problem. But to be quite blunt about it, white people are stopping the growth of public transportation down here um, in Atlanta. They feel it. It's a place out east called mm-hmm. Conyers and Covington. They're two cities. Yeah, my homegirl has Janae's <laughs> dance experiences out there. Out there, okay. So mm-hmm. when I was younger, like Shout middle school, high school, I remember like Martyr trying to expand. Mm-hmm. And I remember the people of Covington and Conyers, their response was basically, we don't want y'all to have access to our communities like that. Right. So, no. And since then, that attitude has, everywhere has it now. North Atlanta feels like that, too. So, <laughs> last year, we had a vote, again, to expand the train station. Now, if you pull up a map of Martyrs train stations, um, that's our transit system down here, you will see that the line as it goes north is extensive. Then you'll see as it goes east, it's very short. As it goes west, it's very short. And as it goes south, it's very short. And I assume all the black people live up north. Yeah, we can all name a rapper from the east side, south side, west side. We can only name one from the north side. So that's just how it is. And so it was on the ballot to extend MARTA, and Gwinnett County voted no. And actually, somebody had... I don't believe anybody hacked Marta's Facebook. I believe Marta did this. But Marta put something on their Facebook, and they said, man, fuck Gwinnett County. <laughs> <laughs> right? You thought that came from Jess. Yeah, that job was so funny. But the city of Atlanta jumped in. I don't know. I don't get on Facebook, so it's not a retweet with a comment. But whatever you do with a Facebook post where the post is directly up under it, they're like, we apologize for this absurd language. We in the city of Atlanta do not you know, feel this way. But... Honestly, I understand the tension and why they're so upset. Like, you can sit in traffic for three hours in Atlanta, and then you get on a train, and that three-hour ride is 15 minutes. And we're trying to make this accessible for everybody and grow the city because we have businesses who want to put their headquarters here, and they're just like, no, our employees have to be able to get there. get to work, and they're moving and picking. Like, Amazon wanted to build out here. But they said no for those same reasons. So it's like their ignorance is not only stopping the growth or of, of people, but it's stopping the growth of the city. So um, it's the South. So I think also with that is um, it's they, they don't want to taint, to taint, air quotes here, they don't want to taint their neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. They, it brings in the riffraff, if you yep. will. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. You want to preserve your little suburbia. You want to preserve your, you know, space where you feel like your kids are mm-hmm. safe and, mm-hmm. you know, all that other shit. But it's it's doing exactly what they intended to do yeah. is to keep, 
you know, others. Out. Whether it be a socioeconomic difference or a, well, which is a class difference or a color difference. Mm -hmm. They are uh, being successful with that. (coughs) But all that being said, people are still moving out here. People are still, because I mean, your houses are so much cheaper. You get so yeah, much more for Twitter it. out of time where people uh, show a box, like a cardboard mm-hmm. box, and then they'll show a big old mansion down mm-hmm. here or in Texas. Um, and people are moving for things like that, like property value. Like, yeah. I meet people, why you move to Atlanta? Because everybody's here. And they literally say things like property value. Mm-hmm. Um, that's interesting. I like to hear young black people speak like that right? Um, when it comes to owning property. So, hey, if that's what we have to do to get us out here, then I think we could do it. But what I think, I live in Decatur. Mm-hmm. Many, many years ago, the white people of Decatur drew a line in the sand and said, this is the city of Decatur. That is Decatur. This is us. This is y'all. Mm-hmm. So we have our, the city of Decatur has their own police department, school system. They're just their own entity right next to Decatur. It's just a line in the sand. Y'all stay over there. We stay over here. Both of uh, both Decatur's have grown, the city of Decatur and the regular Decatur. And, of course, when the city of Decatur grows and they run out of room, they gentrify things. So they're moving down Candler Road, which is like one of the, Black is Rose on the east side, mm-hmm. but they're moving down Candler Road. Um, we go vote. We vote in one of, like a, a really black mall that I love to death in Atlanta called South Decatur Mall. Mm-hmm. And you can see them standing in line. They vote. Super, they're super uncomfortable. Um, they don't speak. And people, I'm not going to lie, people do make fun of them. They'll walk by and be like, who are you voting for? I already know. You know, little things like that. But um, I noticed that they're coming. I hate mm. to say it like that, but they're they're coming. Um, I just don't want my neighborhood to be snatched away from me, like so many neighborhoods that are literally around right. us right now. Um, I think that millennials, who are the next in charge, we have it in us to start our own, build our own, because whatever our culture has, they like it. Mm-hmm. They love it. All and if things. we just do us... Everything else will come, and but we just have to respectfully do us. A wise man once said, um, got to change the way we eat, change the way we live, and change the way we treat each other. Rest in peace, Tupac. But that's true. That's still valid to this day. Like, <clears throat> if we change our eating options on our side of Decatur to, like, literally we have McDonald's, JJ's, Burger King, just all that same type of stuff, right. and you go over to the city of Decatur, vegan this, vegan that, Korean barbecue, just, you know, all these different types of things. And I think if we just try to diversify ourselves, it'll kind of keep them at bay because what they say is, oh, we're coming in to do this for the community. We're going to do this and we're going to add this and that. And But if we already have those things, it's kind of you get in where you fit in or you don't. Right. Um, but I don't know. I think we're having a real bad problem right now in Atlanta, gentrifying. It's bad. So, yes, it's growing and booming for the black creatives, but... They see that, and so they're like, oh, mm-hmm. well, let's get in there a while before it actually mm-hmm. hits. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like um, the housing market, you know, when you see where the bubbles are and you see where the, the trends are going. It's, I mean, it's <coughs> smart business practice. Sadly, it's 
our the cultures, like our lives, our mm-hmm. peace of mind is business to when so many others. They had an Airbnb. Airbnb came out to talk to us, entrepreneurs here at this RCIE building. And she came out because Airbnb kind of, um, and they respect Airbnb as a company to know that they do this. They kind of like pull their numbers and sit down and look at what's happening. And they saw that there is a lack of African-Americans benefiting off of um, Airbnb. Mm-hmm. So they kind of set out on these initiatives to go to these like predominantly black cities and kind of sit down and talk and like explain how Airbnb works. But she got up there and she said something I understand is deeper than just not having access. It's the lack of home ownership and right. those different things. So they're coming out here to try to increase the presence of black people on Airbnb. But then she says that she's realizing it's a bigger issue. It's, it's home ownership. It's mm-hmm. a lack thereof. It's a lack of access to home ownership. And she was saying Airbnb is kind of like sitting down trying to figure out how can they help. So they've mm-hmm. partnered with the NAACP and they basically go on like tour around the different countries, I mean, different cities here in the country and um, black cities, predominantly black cities, and just give us like a full blown sit down one on one education like this is what airbnb is this is what you do this is how you make money this is how you not make money this is what you can do and they also said they opened up experiences i don't know if you've seen on airbnb experiences because they say okay the lack of home ownership is something that we can't fix right now but how do we get more black people on our platform and they do offer experiences and i met a guy a black guy he's a beekeeper he quit his corporate job because beekeeping you know, yeah. he, he has his own honey. It's a lady who does an IG picture tour. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. All the I keep telling people, experiences is the new come up. Like, yeah. you're trying to make some bread. Like, and so especially for people that cannot keep traditional jobs. I know I have um, a cousin of mine. And actually, I got to put the uh, link on the website. Um, a cure, I think it's Cure for Chris. Or I got to look up what it is again. But... Her daughter has sickle cell. Mm-hmm. And um, Chris is not even two. I think she just turned one. But my cousin can't even work normally because mm-hmm. when Chris gets sick, when she has uh, an, what do you call it, an episode, mm-hmm. when she's in, the ho- she's in the hospital for like two weeks. Like there's no, no, she can't leave her child alone. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I got to go to work kind of thing. You know what I mean? So. It sucks for her fiance because now he's like, you know, the primary breadwinner for the whole house. Um, But it's I feel like people that for whatever their reason, maybe can't hold traditional jobs. This is a fucking gold mine. Mm -hmm. You just pick whatever your skill is and market that shit. And it could be real campy things because keep in mind, tourists will do anything. And that's what your market is. That's what she kept telling us. She was like anything she anything that's unheard of or anything that's unique mm-hmm. they'll do, and she literally asked us, "Raise your hand if you've been beekeeping before." Maybe exactly, like two people raised their hand in a room for like 150. So it makes sense why mm-hmm. he was able to quit his job and not only quit his job but start his own honey um, right line. So I appreciate companies like Airbnb who not only sit back and look at their numbers and say, oh, wow, you know, we have a lack of these people. Yeah, but then, how can we fix it? And I appreciate them because they hit a roadblock like, okay, we don't have a lot of black people because of lack of homeownership. Like, that's a roadblock that 
you can't do something. You can't. You can't one fix. person or one right. company is not going to be able to fix. But instead of them just giving up or just saying, well, you know, we tried. Mm-hmm. They like, like now we got to go back to the drawing board. What is something that we can do? And experiences. And, I mean, I listened to maybe about four or five people who quit their job to do experiences. Um, she was telling me about how the experiences in California, she thinks that's one of the best places that has some of the best experiences because they just, the it's a higher level of creativity out there. Mm. So it's a different way of thinking out there. So, like, I never would have thought of an Instagram photo tour, you know, just, oh, hey, of them in New York. get on this van and... Um, all these popping Instagram felt like they, it's not one in Atlanta. And every time she said every that, major city has them because wherever I go, where, <laughs> when I'm looking up mm-hmm. shit to do in the area, that's always oh, one of the things that pops see? up. And I think and that's cool. every even a, talking about globally. Yeah. There's always going to be most Instagramable places, and you can okay. go here. So yes. photographers, get you your shit out there. Figure out a campy photographer. Mm-hmm. Whatever is going to make you different from somebody this lady else. down here, another lady, because it turned you, it's turning into a Bollywood. They call it Bollywood, Black Hollywood. Mm. Okay. <laughs> they call it Atlanta Black Ho- Bollywood. But um, I was this lady, she, me too, when I first heard <laughs> it, but she does where you can shoot a movie. Mm. So it's like a four to six hour day, um, and y'all just pick spots. She was basically said, if it's not available, we can't do it. So right. if it's not raining, you can't shoot a raining scene. But mm-hmm. you and your whoever you're with, you all shoot these different scenes all around the city. Then you go back to her studio and you edit a movie and you get a three to four minute movie. And all these things are possible (laughs) Mm -hmm. all through experiences. You just got to, you just need the idea. You just need the hustle and you can make it a thing. I think people should share more light on Airbnb experience. Like it took, it was, this is not a, uh, what do you call it? A sponsored uh, podcast. No, it's yet. not. It's not That's yet. That's one of those things not that I'm yet, working on. But they on. might hear this and be like, they understand what we're doing. They understand our mission. You'll never know. Oh, yeah, but I'd rather get that check first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think I used to, when the experience was added to the app, I just thought it was some shit. Like, oh, no, that's where I, I book everything through there. See, I, did, I only I didn't use know. experiences I never knew. and um, what's the thing called? Expedia. Mm-hmm. Only because with Expedia, it, that's what I'm waiting for Airbnb to do is start giving you points for frequent usage. Or oh, yeah. like with the, with Expedia, I've gotten like $20 off of a booking or something just because I had X, Y, and Z number of points. And if you do it through this and if you use that, it's double and what's this kind of. Something. One of those. We use one of those, but they give us a, a point system. Too. Airbnb mm-hmm. does need to have some type of point. Booking.com. Something. Yeah. Oh, speaking of points and such, uh, if you are new to Airbnb, <coughs> don't forget about my, I think it's an affiliate link. I don't know. It's one of those friend links. You know, hey, invite your friends to mm-hmm. Airbnb. Well, mm-hmm. the shit's it, it's in the uh, description box now. <laughs> That's a consistent thing, so I'll let the kid appreciate that shit. So, okay, as... We've discussed everybody coming out here, the reasons why. As somebody that's, like, from here, how do... Because in my mind, I'm thinking everybody kind of feels the same way about gentrification. Mm -hmm. So the way I feel about it in New York is, like, I'm even starting to see it where I'm at. And I'm in Queens. Mm -hmm. And I can see why you want to do it in Brooklyn. I can see why you want to do it in Harlem. I see why... People gentrify those areas. But it's like, fuck y'all. We don't got shit out here as Mm -hmm. is. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck are you coming out here for? But I guess it's like the, well, where they're doing it now is by the airport. Mm -hmm. And, of course, they're starting where you are near all the trains. Because without 
the thing about Queens is that we're a two-tier a two-tier area in terms of the transportation systems. You have to take a where I am, you have to take a bus to get to the train. Okay. Or you have to drive to the train. Okay. You can walk, but it's going to be like a two-mile walk generally mm-hmm. from depending on where you are, of course. But there are a bunch of different areas that are like that in Queens where it's a two-fare zone and you either have to take a bus or you drive or whatever to the train. All that being said, in the areas that, of course, are closer, they're going to be more heavily populated. And, of course, you kind of a mix depending on – because Queens is, I want to say, the most um, ethnically diverse borough in all of New York. Okay. But it's also the largest, so that makes sense. But where they are coming into Southside is they're building up more around um, Suffin Boulevard, Jamaica mm-hmm. um, Boulevard, Jamaica Boulevard, Jamaica Avenue. And there we saw it when they started building more shit. Like, as soon as the hood got a Starbucks, it was like, all right, that's it. Yeah. The Starbucks yeah. came in, <laughs> and then, like, you know, the gyms come the in. Yoga, the hot yoga and, Like, the, you see, and all of that's happening on the app. And then Sweet. there was this whole, I forgot what it was called. One of my friends told me this, like, four years ago. He said, it's coming. And I'm like, nigga, fuck you, they ain't coming out here. And it, it, he was right. And it's because he's in um, CD Project. Play. He has a he's a contractor, so it's like he's already been you know hearing about getting this project that project, and he sees where all of this stuff is happening. That being said, I get it, but it's like now I'm starting to see oh so this white guy's walking a dog mm-hmm. around the corner from me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so nigga, you here here mm-hmm. like this is like the third time I've seen you walking the same dog. Okay, so you live here now. Mm-hmm. You're not just because I also live by like a bunch of uh, what do you call them. Hotels okay. by the airport. So uh-huh. they've been redoing airports oh, and fixing stuff. And now they're actually building another hotel in this whole SIA hotel. So they're preparing. They're yeah, preparing to be here. And if you can't get property right there by the train, the next step is further out where mm-hmm. my mom is and mm-hmm. where my grandma is, where I am. And this is where they're going to start buying the properties and stuff. And Queens, even when I was doing my... Um, apartment search because about a year ago I thought I was going to have to move thankfully knock wood I keep staying there but I'm looking at and Queens was the cheapest Mm -hmm. by far and um yeah they're going to start coming for that also because it's cheap but it's still wild expensive and I hate seeing it because to me it's when I see them coming in it's kind of like oh so now you see the value that's here when Mm -hmm. it was just us there was no No value. value But now all of a sudden that this is more accessible to you because you don't want to spend $2,500 for a two-bedroom apartment, but you'll spend $1,800. Now all of a sudden it's like, oh, so now all of y'all niggas is coming in here, but you fucking over the people that are here. It's just now, oh, turn this down, or this is too loud. Now all of a sudden it's a problem. So what is it? Every city has it. Like the one in D.C. with a guy who owned the phone store, he always played go-go music out there. The gentrifiers came. They said they couldn't sleep. They ordered him to shut it down. D.C. had a freaking riot in the street, and they just had go-go parties right there. You know, it's a shame we have to do stuff like that to make a point. I saw another one. Again, I'm sorry, D.C. (laughs) Your examples just get publicized nationally. There's another guy, white guy, walking his dog through Howard's University's campus and letting his dog shit and piss in the middle of campus. And then he going to tell them... If they don't like it, move to school. Like, they're disrespectful. I think Adele's from the west side, um, and it's one of the most gentrified, or it's starting to be in Atlanta. Um, I think he'd be cool.
Good. How does gentrifying your what does your old neighborhood look like? <clears throat> right now. Um, right now. Tell me what it used to look like and what it looks like now. What it used to look like. Damn, I don't want to make it seem like I'm talking down. Uh, all right, so what it used to look like, I'm trying to pitch around through the neighborhood, it seemed like it was a lot of uh, the community was together, I guess, back then. So it was a lot of, like, black businesses and black-owned businesses on the whole, on down there, every street for real. Like, we owned a gas station when I was little um, on Simpson Road. Um, my uncle owned a barbershop across the street from the gas station. Then we owned a corner store down the street from Ashford Simpson. Like, on that's just my family. Then we had other family that had. So on, I feel like back then it was more black owned. Like, you know, you can go and your uncle throwing a barbecue in the parking lot, and your grandma know them, and all the police officers know everybody. Like, it was like that back then when I was younger, growing up on the west side. Now, um, it's like they're trying to do a lot of modern type looks to it you know what i mean juice it up make it look more um like commercial type i see a lot of commercial construction going on in the area um a lot of uh storages a lot of more storages getting built from other businesses that was tore down that i see that's no longer there so i was thinking maybe storages is because um new homes and new up-to-date uh condos and stuff like that that they put in uh near atlanta area Mm, not too much, nah. Mm-mm. <laughs> nah, they not. Yeah, the dome, the dome was the nail in the coffin for the west side. Mm, okay. Like, so that's generally this area is west side it. then. Yeah, the dome was when Arthur Blank said, this is what we doing, and they said, oh, y'all going to get a Super Bowl, that was it for us. It didn't matter what the hell we did. And it sucks. Like, I'm a home health nurse, Um and I was seeing patients that stay on the west side at this time. Let me tell y'all, these people are vicious. Like, me and my mom own a home off Cascade, which is not necessarily the west side, but the same thing concept is happening. They would sit and see that this patient is having a nurse. So mm-hmm. their mindset says, oh, they're dying. And they would follow me to my car. Hey, could you give them this piece of paper? Could you do this? Could you do this? Trying to, you know, get them to sell the house. Their favorite time to attack is after the owner of the home passes away because they know that the children... Right, the family is, is what we're doing it. We don't want to do this house. Who's going to keep this house up? I ain't for to pay for this, that type of stuff. That is their... They love it. They attack. And That's it's exciting. sick how they walk around here and, and do that. And, oh, my God, this guy, his name is... He's so terrible that I need to, his name needs to be said. But he's a white guy. He's a landlord. He's a slumlord. Come to the west side, walk around strapped up like he and like we at war, and he just buying property and being a shitty l- landlord because he has no intentions of keeping these properties up. Right, He's just coming through buying them just so other people can buy them. They have they've taken the soul out of this side of town. Like the west side of town was where the affluent black people stayed. Um, they get educated at the AUC. They start their lives close by, and then they built that. Like, the west side of Atlanta was, like, black pride, like, black eliteness. And but now that they have all of these people and this being, like, the new chocolate hub, like, where there are more black creatives, and then you've got um, 
the, st- the studios and the actors and actresses and musicians and everybody out here, why? Well, where are they going? Where are they now? Like, with all the, to the, where they they're going with it, that property value. They okay. don't staying here on the west side. They're gonna get city prices. This is a city, so you're gonna get city prices. They come in here. They like, uh, uh-uh, I want this eight bedroom house. Yeah, I'm not gonna leave two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, like I'm not New York to for, come to back to do the, the same, same shit. So they're moving out in like, if you ever heard of Sandy Springs and Marietta? We drove through there. Yeah, that's where a lot of people got, are moving. You got at least four. Oh, you got at least I know. Four, like the biggest rappers that's in Atlanta, they have houses like in Sandy Springs. Okay. From like Young Thug be. to the Migos. Yeah, all of them, they got houses in Alpharetta, Sandy Springs, and shit like that. Um, another thing I just thought about, like the property value over here shot up like a lot since like I want to say maybe like four years ago. Mm-hmm. I got a friend who bought two properties at that time and they was under $100,000. He said, now, them same properties in the area are like at 200000 $190,000. Okay. So, um, yeah, the property value shot up. I guess that because like the dome here. And, so yeah. it would make sense for us to buy property out mm-hmm. here now. We just it would think, it. right? And we also behind the eight ball. They've been buying property for this ten years ago. Right. They knew this was gonna happen years ago. So like we behind the eight ball. Another way they use to get these people out. Then this this is what hurts me because my patients that I see on the west side they're living in paid for houses. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. This is this is where they live. They raise their kids. This is, this is their home, but they're on fixed incomes, so they raise the property tax mm. so that they can't afford the property tax. Right. And then these people end up having to lose their paid-for homes, and then they buy them from them for a little of nothing. They'll buy a house from them for $85,000, mm. put a half a million-dollar home on it, and then sell it for more than that. Right. Like they don't even break break even with them the right way. So it's just the whole process. It's just terrible. It is. It's sad. Um, it's real sad, actually. I feel like a jewel. The drop is like um, it's spreading out. Like it, it started in the city. You know what I mean? The prices went up, and now they doing that to the farther outskirts. So now they're making the outskirt more like city like, you feel me? Okay. And I feel like those property in Oland is something that we probably got the advantage to go on and buy because it's still the outskirts right now. You see what I'm saying? Okay. So like like how they try to put Amazon and Stonecrest. They changed uh Stonecrest to changed Latonia. Oh, they changed Latonia to the city of Stonecrest. So like they trying to put like a Emory office or some shit like that. They trying to yeah. They're trying to, but it's a lot of land out there, a lot of okay. lots. You know what I mean? Like they building new nice ass gas stations with coffee. So they're you know, getting I, ready for it to. They, that's a black. Be. That's a black owned city. Okay. That, well, not black owned, but that's a black city. So like, what happened in Atlanta was, I don't really know how long ago this happened, but people got it like the city of Decatur thing. Like, oh, I'm finna, uh, uh-uh. we finna draw a line in the sand, and we mm-hmm. gonna go ahead and apply for our own city or whatever. That's how the city of Decatur got where it is, where the John, city of Johns Creek. All those cities, those small Peachtree City, Peachtree Corners, those individual cities, okay. they're all kind of came from that thought process. Let's just go ahead and mark our, mark our Zone our territory this now. way. We could stop MARTA and right, we could. Right, do all that kind of stuff. So legislation, we mm-hmm. we've got to be able to get to, this in writing. Right. Got it. So Lithonia is on. That's where I, it's out. That it's out on the east. Okay. East 
from Atlanta, and it was just locked on you. And they built this mall out there called the Mall Stonecrest, and then um, they found this, like, rock out there called Arabian Mountain, so it got zoned for, like, National Park, and I can't touch it, do all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Then they built Arabian Mountain High School, then they built elementary school, like, new schools, and then they just kind of went ahead and applied for the city of Stonecrest. But this particular city is a black city. Okay. So us trying to get Amazon was big for us. Um, they're building like a sports complex. They're getting Emory's coming out there. Kaiser's already out there. So like it's a black city on the outskirts that's on the come up. Like okay. me and my mom talk about every day like we might need to try to put some money out here because do it shit yeah th this is what it i mean the mayor lives in my neighborhood the mayor of the city of stonecrest stays in our neighborhood so i guess they talk on a more personal level about the trajectory of the city and it's they wanted to do some amazing things and i think it could we just got to stick together you know mm -hmm. and there's space to keep expanding the area or is it like is it going outward or is it going upward like is it going to be it's gonna it's probably gonna have to go up because Moving to west or moving towards the right or the left is the city. So you're getting closer to the city, so you can't go. And then moving out east is that Covington Conyers where I mm -hmm. told you they were just like, not, uh, uh, uh. they already got they. Yeah, they, you know, they that's their thing. So it's just, it's like a place. It's just a space. Um, right. It's room to grow upward. But let me tell you, when something grow and bringing in enough money, they'll move. Mm -hmm. Conyers will get with it. You know, it'll, they'll make it happen because they want to, you know, a piece of the pot. Right. Um, right now, Stonecrest is the place where people from Conyers go to eat and shop and, you know, restaurants and those different mm -hmm. things. And Now, question for you. Who is able to do all these? Are like, I feel like these are regular civilians, just like the people with money, though. Like, it's just That's people. all it takes is a dollar. You, you got to have a dollar. You just end up. Because I'm trying to think of what was that show I was watching? I was watching hand of god mm -hmm. and um i can't remember exactly what all of their little titles were but it's like these are regular civilians they just have money and they're like on like these city councils or they're on like these little thing like boards and mm -hmm. they make all of the decisions and they purchase the properties and they're good friends and you know golfing buddies or whatever mm -hmm. with the mayor because he live up the block mm -hmm. and then you're you just have all of this access so it's not like we can't be part of this either no. it's just no niggas gotta buy property make money, money. and right and it, it kind of like breaks my heart that but it's a fair a very fair assessment when it's kind of like when you get your money and then you move out the hood mm -hmm. and then you don't come back to the hood mm -hmm. but it's like I understand that it's not exactly safe to stay in the hood for a lot of mm -hmm. people. And it's really fucked up because then that goes back to we should love us more than anybody else mm -hmm. should. We should take care of us more than anybody else should. But it goes the same way for the community as it does for the person that leaves the community. Because mm -hmm. if the community's not going to look out for you and if the community's not going to keep you safe, you may want to do for the community, but you may not be able to do it from the community. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's kind of like Nipsey. He stayed in the community and look what happened. Yeah. And then you got people like Diddy or Oprah that move out of the community, but then they still are able to give back to the community. So it's just like, yeah, 
people are always going to shit on them and say that they don't they don't do enough or that they sold out because now look at where they are and it's not the same as the community but it's what the fuck are you supposed to do i think after you reach a certain level of status quo you're gonna lose a sense of losing no matter what you do because then you don't have the same issues that the community has money always faults in you or whatever um i think you have to adopt the issues of the community, even if they aren't yours, because they are yours. Right. Um, babies not eating at school because they can't afford it. That's not particularly your issue, but, but that's, right. that's your issue. Like, uh, the baby up the street from you ain't ate lunch all day. She eat once a day. Or whether it's... <laughs> Kids can't do their homework because they got to come home and raise kids. Yeah. Like, that's not your issue, but that's something that's, like, tearing through your community. Yeah. So you just kind of have to look at these issues that aren't your personal issues, but they're still your cultural issues. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing we do know is black people, ain't nobody going to help us but us. Yeah. So, and I will take that back. Other people will help us. Ain't nobody gonna help us like we can help us. Mm-hmm. Can't nobody help nobody like that person can help themselves. Right. And that's the, that's the same. Yeah. Logic so if we just kind of look at it like that, like I, I have, I take, I have a problem that kids aren't eating. Yes. I have a. That's a big, big, big problem for me because it's people who stay in less than a ten mile radius from somebody who's hungry who donate money to feed someone else in a third world country. Yes. And so I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying, like, we get a lot of babies that get looked over. Mm-hmm. Like, it's still people donating to feed people in third world countries, and we got kids in cages Yeah, on our on our soil right now. So I think we, we need to handle our in-house issues. I think when people, like you said, when you were saying, like, you just got to get the money, you got to have, you also have to have a mindset. Mm-hmm. Like when power comes into play, people nut the fuck up. Um, when money comes into play, people lose it. So like, we just kind of got to learn how to. I don't know what I'm trying to like. You have to have a mindset along with that dollar, along with that. Like, cause if you just want to do something for you, if you're doing it for power, if you're doing it because I want to go in the history books as mayor of this new black city, then that's too dumb. Right. Like, don't do it. Do something else selfishly. Start your own foundation and call it your first and last name foundation, and you can do everything and it dotes on you because it's in your name. But don't run for community positions, the positions that are meant for the people. Oh, that's what the that's what the power's at, though. Yeah, but and that's, that's what the that's, people, that's people misuse the power. power. They use once the power they, for once themselves. They get power is just stupid masking shit it happens. by doing for yeah, other people. But like, it's not really a lot of it is. And people waste money and on stupid shit like. But what can the average person do? Like, now that we know, for example, we're all very certain that there is somebody's child in our public, our local, wherever your local is, there's somebody's child in that public school's district that's not eating. Unless you live in one of those districts where you're, you know, like um, like a Conyers or mm-hmm. like the city of Decatur, where you know that your public schools are like top ranked, all the mm-hmm. kids are well educated and stuff. Now, there's probably somebody in there because if you watch a plenty of movies, a lot of people will front like they have the money and then mm-hmm. not have the money. It's hungry, it's hungry babies. There's the ev- they're Decatur. everywhere. But what I wish that there were, or maybe there is, if you um, 
Like, can you just pay somebody lunch? Or, you know what I mean? Like, how does yeah, an average I, person... I think, what I think or what I know or what I've seen is if you just consi- just stay consistent with your efforts, whether it's, I'm paying, I'm going to pay for these two babies' lunches, or right. I'm going to make sandwiches and go hand them out. One thing I do know is efforts grow. Mm-hmm. Like, if you stay consistent, somebody is going to see, like, you come out here every Tuesday and give these people food. I'm going to come with you next Tuesday. Like, right. literally, that's just how things happen. And One person can make a difference. A grassroots effort can 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 really do something. And, like, yeah, one person can make a, effort, a difference. And I think that if people just start with themselves and start small, when you're on that path, if that's what you're trying to do, like, you'll find something that you can connect with and grow. Like, it's so much easier to reach across and grow up than it is to reach up Uh, and come up. Like, this Miss Ann might have a food bank Mm -hmm. where she goes save all her groceries, and Mr. Joe might be giving out water, and you the person that give out sandwiches. What happened when you, Mr. Joe, and Miss Ann all get together? Right, that's somebody got a full meal. Yeah. And a snack. you, you You get a sandwich, you get water, and you get groceries. Mm-hmm. You know, all together. And I think that's where it can start because I think when people start to do, like, grand things or say, like, I want to open a food bank, I'm going to miss a demographic that I didn't even know existed. And mm-hmm. that demographic is going to feel away. And I didn't even, you know, I didn't even know, but I feel like if everybody, if somebody from that demographic speaks up and says, hey, well, wait, I've been doing this and I've been doing that, then that, and light lightens me to say, okay, I need to do this too. I can't do it by myself, and neither can the government. Like people expecting the city of Stonecrest, oh, well, they need to figure out how we gonna eat. They can't do it by themselves, just like I can't do it by themselves. Yeah, they're regular people with their own set of right. what it is they're trying to. We need to go to our town hall meetings. Like town hall meetings are so not frequently visited that they're held in public libraries. Because the the crowd is so small, right? It's like like our town hall meetings need the same twelve people, people over and over again, the same thirty people, the same voices speaking up, never any help. People don't even cut the town hall meeting on TV and look at it. Like mm-hmm. our town hall meetings need to be in auditoriums. They need it needs to be packed. Y'all need to be cutting people questions off. Like we, you know, we've been going too long, but our town hall meetings aren't like that. I watch some of our town hall meetings, and it's the same efforts. Over and over again, it's the same faces. It's the same age group. I <clears throat> in the city of Stonecrest, we had a young girl. Uh, I wish I knew her name because her name deserves to be said. But she ran mm-hmm. for something. She was the youngest ever to do it, and I voted for her just because she was young. But it should be more of her. Right. She shouldn't be that much that, of that a, only person. And her efforts haven't stopped. You know, just because she didn't win, she didn't just be like, "All right, I'm gonna go back to being 23." Yeah. Just go to a bar. Like, you know, she didn't do Mm -hmm. that. Like, she kept her efforts going. And I think we all need to do something like that. Like, if we all have to take some time out for service. Oh, absolutely. I feel that um, that's a good way to, um, that'll be the closing message then. How, think of a way that you individually can affect your community. Whether it be because I know that I... And kind of like the plug in my friend group, mm-hmm. where it's like, whatever you need, I know somebody that does it. Mm-hmm. If you need X, I know somebody that will be able to get you X or knows somebody that can figure whatever it is 
you need. You need a a bass guitar player, but mm-hmm. has like some kind of experience in Calypso and shit. Boom. I know who I'm calling to get that for you. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, you know, specific request, mm-hmm. but somebody knows. But anyway, that being said, I think that if everybody tries to plug with a friend that they know does something that is remotely revolving an area of your interest. For me, I have a soft spot for the kids. Mm-hmm. I love the babies. Mm-hmm. So for, I'm thinking of, Three friends in particular that I know work for the public school system. I personally am committing to reaching out to the three of them to see if there's any way in their school communities I can consistently donate $20 a month Mm -hmm. to paying. Because it ain't like these school lunches cost a lot. For us, we'll go, you know, blow $50 at brunch or something. You know what I mean? $25 for bottling this mimosa. Do that twice in a month and somebody kid could have eaten for the whole month or for half a, you know what I mean? Like whatever it is. So I think that if you just start by reaching out to your friends, like if you're very big on say, um, the arts, if you have a friend that's a dance teacher, if you have a friend that volunteers at like a community center or is like, um, a coach for somebody's, Game, uh, you know what them babies do like their sports and shit mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. reach out to those friends in whatever area it is that means something to you or even if it don't mean something to you just an area where you know your people are working with other people that need help and see how you can fucking help it doesn't have to be something financial it could be even something that you show up and you help them clean the auditorium after basketball practice mm-hmm. just a way like Shanti said that you can be consistent because it doesn't have to be something grandiose. You don't have to create a movement in order for there to be movement. Social media is a problem, too. If you're doing something and you're recording it for likes, yeah, don't do it. Yeah, don't. You, your hands are much more free when they're not holding Hold up. A phone. Like, yeah. don't. Um, people go through things um, that are quite humbling. That mm-hmm. could be, you know, kind of embarrassing. Like, you don't have to record. If you're feeding someone who's sleeping in their car, you don't have to record yeah. you walking up doing that because now I know what kind of car they sleep in. And yeah. I'm going to be like, oh, is that a white? You know, that, one time I seen this lady on Instagram. She was sleeping in the car, and I thought, you know, that's unnecessary. Yeah. Um, Good things come back tenfold. Whether you record it or not, you're going to get it back. You're going to get whatever recognition you're looking for, you're going to get get it right someone's going to notice that you've been in the same place every tuesday mm-hmm. and, and right and seeing an that you're article doing in something. a newspaper is valuable but it's not on instagram so people won't think that you mm-hmm. know it's not on facebook so people won't think that um you just have to be genuine right and the things that you do like don't make a commitment to do something that's not you yeah like if uh, this lady she uh, in la i believe she does like pop-up showers and haircuts Okay. For homeless people, I don't do hair. I don't <laughs> cut hair. But it's so cool and so grand that somebody will try to mimic that, you yeah. know, and that's not their lane. And they, they recognize, like, that's not my lane. I couldn't do that. Um, I, I'm health care. So what can I do? Mm-hmm. I can do screenings, blood pressure screenings. Or I understand dieting is, like, hand-in-hand with health care. Like, that needs to be my lane somewhere there. Like, I don't need to be in a school with pre-Kers <laughs> trying to color because that's just not my lane. And right. that's not something I can consistently do because it doesn't fit my life. Um, me going to a preschool class is something that I would have to f- 
you know, make time to do versus me getting in a patient space. That's yeah. something I can do every day on a day. I daily. can throw $20 to anything. Yeah. And I know that that's me. With right. my, my level of consistency <laughs> is, what can I pay on time? Right. That's it. Then whatever it is. You got to know what your strength is. is. Know what, yeah, I always tell people, that's not what my degree was in. I can't help you with it. I can be helpful, girl. <laughs> that's me. But I, <laughs> that is me I, doing math. Yeah, right. Mm, I know what the 25% off is going to be if it's on sale. <laughs> well, I know it. what that change is going to be. Other than that, numbers aren't me. my thing. Yeah. So find what it is you can do. And then just keep consistently doing it. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. All right, guys. So um, you know where you can you know where you can find me. I'm on the Instagrams. Um, I think it, it underscore D Carry letter D C A R R I E. You can also go to dcarry.com for um, the link to. Ooh, I'll commit to posting some links of different places that. Um, you guys may be able to throw some of your coins at in Flint. terms of, um, yeah. Flint still doesn't have water, and we're in year four or five. Yeah. That's an easy donation. Yeah, but I would have to find some place that they're actually going to get that little money. Little Miss Flint, the little girl who won Miss Flint at the time when it happened, her efforts are, like, super strong and consistent. That's who I donate through. Okay. Um, I got a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> for donating it. But Little Miss Flint, she's on Twitter, honey. And she is adamant and passionate in like eight. I don't think I use Twitter. But we'll definitely put that. Um, what else? Um, oh, so go to dcarry.com for that kind of stuff. What was, um, go ahead and put where people can find you. My intelligent, mm -hmm. beautiful. You all can so find me. Incredible um, little cousin. You can find me on um, Instagram, Ashanti Jaha. I have a Twitter. Spell uh, it because nobody's going to know how this. A-S-H-A-N-T-I-J-A-H-A. And my Twitter handle is in the link for that because um, okay. I don't even know my Twitter name. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> but I do know my Instagram. It's Ashanti Jihad. That's it. Go ahead, boyfriend. <laughs> Come on, where can you be found? Go on, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my Instagram is P Money Major, uh, just a P and Money Major. My Twitter is um, she rubbing off on me. That's my Instagram is P Money Major. <laughs> um, all my other links, YouTube and everything, could be in the bio. So yeah, I enjoyed the podcast too. By the way. I got a question I want to ask you if you don't mind me asking. Go for it. Because I see it's titled Travel. Um, I would want to know where all you've been to. Like, where all countries have you traveled to? Shit. Um, top five. Top five. Oh, that's a lot. Gotta, yeah. Top right. five favorite. Your top five favorite. Top five favorite. Easy two is Cuba and Colombia. Um, I would say Cuba, Colombia, St. Martin, mm. Norway. Uh, her Norway pictures were hard. I got to see the Northern Lights. I'm a star girl. Anything celestial, I am down with the shits for. Um, last one. I had fun in St. Martin because I was there with my mama. I had We had fun. My mama funny. Yes, she When she is. not getting on my nerves, she funny. <laughs> like, she fun, like, big funny. Big funny. Um, and I enjoyed Cuba because I had a good-ass, black-ass time. Same reason why I enjoy Colombia, good-ass, black-ass time. You know what? I guess I'll finish off with, um, to keep it cute, I'll say um, Bermuda. 
just because that was the first time I left the country. Okay. So Bermuda always has a special little place in my heart. When I see Goslings, I get excited because they that was um, the first place I went, bought liquor back on my little duty-free. <laughs> yeah, I had a whole box, like the world's finest chocolate-sized uh-huh. box. Like I had a whole box worth of liquor. And, of course, my nana was like, oh, bring me back some of the, um, the Appleton. The Appletons. You know, me and Daddy like the Appletons, my grandpa. <laughs> So I think I bought them back like five bottles or four, but three bottles. I don't know. I bought them back. They were like $20 a bottle. So I was like, all right, I'll bring it back. She's like, I'll send you the money. So like, okay. So yeah, and I'd say Bermuda just because that was the first place that I went. So it was, um, I learned a lot there, like in terms of just figuring stuff out. So yeah, those I guess would be my top five. So give me one, just your worst, the worst country you've been to, the worst experience you had when you went to that country. I'm thinking. Or city. What if she had a bad experience? Oh, yeah, city, city too. City in the United States. I kind of looked at the sleeve. Um, That's what, her sleeve is dope. She's looking at her tattoo sleeve, guys, for reference, <laughs> which is pretty dope. Um, Maybe. But, um, I had an anxiety attack in the airport in London. Like, I'd had, like, nothing was lining up. Like, it was miserable when I got there. But then, like, I had to kind of just pull it in, let your balls drop, and make shit happen. So it ended up not being the worst. I actually had fun when I went out, Mm -hmm. um, but that was probably the most uncomfortable I'd ever been while traveling just because I was just mad nervous. Like, I had overdrafted in the bank. I ain't have no place to stay. Like, I just showed up and was just like, okay, I'll figure it out when I get there. And I realized that that shit ain't for me. (laughs) She showed up to London and said, I'm going to figure it out when I get here. Yeah. That's the diva stuff. Yeah, I figured it out. But then, like, yeah, that's not the traveling for me. I wanted to try that, you know, Mm -hmm. figure it out when you go travel. Mm -mm. Okay. Mm -mm. That ain't me. So, yeah, that would be the problem. I could think, yeah, that'd be it. Well, I enjoyed. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here, because I know what the fuck I was going to talk about. Like, now these are my have, favorite ones, that when shit just come home. out your belly button. Now you have a, a podcast home here in Atlanta. Yes, whenever I come out to Atlanta, I will be coming okay. to the, what is it, RCIE? Mm-hmm. The RCI, RCIE Studios, because my little baby cousin, part of the 100 <laughs> class, you know, we kind of get a little <laughs> on it. Um, but yeah, so thank you for having me here. I appreciate it. Um, I had a good-ass, black-ass time. And I am, oh, yeah, so let's wrap this up so we can try to get some pictures in okay. it because there's also, like, a photo studio in here. So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to go do things. Okay, thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs>